If you're headed to a Labor Day weekend gathering, chances are someone will be serving hot dogs. The National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, yes, there is such a thing, estimates that Americans eat 20 billion hot dogs a year. The council says over a third of hot dogs are consumed between Memorial Day and Labor Day. I'm George Bodarki, and this is Cityscape. As peak hot dog eating season comes to an end, we bring you an episode devoted to the hot dog, or as it was sometimes referred to in the 1920s, the Frankfurter sandwich, as evidenced in this vaudeville song. Every night I bring her Frankfurter sandwiches, Frankfurter sandwiches. First, let's get this out of the way. What are hot dogs made of? We asked Eric Mittenthal. He's president of the aforementioned National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Hot dogs are made of meat. Uh, hot dogs have meat that is cut away from your steaks in a roast. As those are formed, uh, pieces are cut away, and that meat is then ground up really finely, and it's mixed with spices and typically a curing agent like sodium nitrite or potentially celery powder. Uh, And then those are all ground up very finely and stuffed into casings and cooked. And it's as simple as that. Um, What you see on the label on your package is what's in a hot dog. That said, what would you say are the biggest misconceptions when it comes to the hot dog? Well, the biggest misconception is that it's everything but the oink, that it's all kinds of pieces from the animal that you uh, would not want to see in there. Uh, But really isn't. Is a hot dog considered a sandwich? We say no. Uh, And, you know, back in history, maybe once upon a time, it may have been considered a sandwich, but times change, you know? Uh, We, when you go to order a hot dog, I don't think many people are going to say, can I please have a sandwich? They want a hot dog. So a hot dog is its own food. It is broken free of the general sandwich category. And we say it's, it's its own thing, not a sandwich. Eric Mittenthal is president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Now on to a bit of hot dog history. For that, we check in with New York City-based food historian Francine Segan. So Francine, let's talk about the history of the hot dog and take us way, way back. It does go way back, way back was written about as far back as the 9th century BC. There's references to sausages in Homer's Odyssey. And the word Frankfurter comes from Frankfurt, Germany, where pork sausages that are very, very similar to the hot dog recipes first originated. And another term for hot dog is Wiener. And Wiener refers to Vienna, Austria, where the German name is Wien. And that was home to a sausages that were made with a pork and beef different recipe. That said, let's get to the name hot dog and how that came to be. Interestingly enough, that word hot dog, there's reams and reams of debate about where is the term hot dog come from. And we see that the word hot dog was appearing in the 1890s. Uh, It was popular in 1894, for example, in Yale, in the Yale school newspaper, and they called them dog wagons that sold hot dogs. And even uh, also in the Knoxville Journal, there were the term hot dog. So even though there's a kind of little urban legend that it started from a baseball game, it dates a little bit earlier than that. I understand there's also a story connected to the name related to a cartoonist. Do you know that story? Yes, there was a cartoonist, um, and his name was Tad Dorgan. And in 1902, he did a cartoon at a, at a baseball game of a, a Dutch hound in a bun. And so it was attributed to him 
erroneously because there's lots of documents that that iconic image was actually done in Germany even in the 1600s and the term it just such, but it, he was such a wonderful uh, illustrator that it just took took hold and it was a, a beautiful image but I guess the real short answer is no one knows why the hot dog is actually called the hot dog no except that it looks like a long dog hound that uh, in fact they think that it was nicknamed that even in Europe in Germany back in the 17th century. You briefly mentioned the hot dog and baseball, but that is definitely a rich history. Hot dogs and baseball go together. Absolutely, and a very American invention. Uh, in 1893, Franks by then were standard at, at baseball parks, and the tradition was believed to come from a German immigrant, again, who owned the St. Louis Browns uh, and also who was um, connected to... German delis. And so it's a wonderful American tradition, but coming from our German immigrants. But so many people associate the Frankfurter or the hot dog with New York City. There's a really great reason why. Most of the immigrants from Germany, Austria, came into America through Ellis Island in New York. And so the butchers and all of these merchants came and brought their native foods and introduced them into America through New York City. So yes, New York is the heart of hot dogs. It's such ubiquitous street food. Was it always a street food? Street food was a wonderful way for people to get a quick bite. And so, yes, in the Lower East Side, think of where all these poor immigrants would be. They didn't have fancy sit-down tablecloth restaurants. And so they would just sell things curbside. What do you know about how the hot dog became popularized here in New York? You can find documents that date the push cart that sold hot dogs to the 1860s in New York it was a great food that was simple to serve, that had lots of flavor, and could be just kept in some hot water and served hot. Um, and so the first push carts were in New York City in the 1860s. The dirty water dog, as it came to be called. Yep. What about the bun? Was it always served on a bun? There's some wonderful urban legends about the bun, too. And one of the wonderful urban legends is that one day when it was kind of cool at a baseball game. They couldn't sell the ice cream and soda that they had. And so the vendor got the idea to run out and send someone to get some hot dogs, some hot water, and some buns so that it would be quick and easy to serve it. There are other legends that that also say that they were served at the World's Fair with a little glove that would then be uh, reused. And then when the, the owner saw that people weren't giving back the gloves, he decided to put them in a bun instead. So essentially, you wouldn't burn your hands. Exactly. You'd either have this glove or a nice edible glove, the bun. Of course, here in New York City, many people are familiar with Coney Island's hot dogs, specifically Nathan's hot dogs, Nathan's Franks, famous Franks. Well, Nathan Handworker uh, was a Polish immigrant and at the early 1900s. He actually was encouraged by two famous people, Eddie Cantor and Jimmy Durante. They both were working as waiters, um, and they encouraged him to go into business selling these hot dogs. And actually, um, Nathan decided to go into a little competition for price with another 
hot dog seller called Feltman, and he charged five cents for his hot dog, and it kind of launched the wonderful five-cent Nathan's. A little price cutting never hurts. What else can you tell us about the hot dog that fascinates you most? There's uh, some wonderful statistics, and one uh, statistic that I read is that seven billion hot dogs are eaten in America a year, and the peak season is between Memorial Day and Labor Day. And the, um, in fact, 10% of hot dogs are sold during July, which is National Hot Dog Month. And Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a president, actually served hot dogs to the king and queen of England during a picnic when they were visiting the United States in June 1939. And the front page headline of the New York Times said, King tries hot dog and asks for more. I love all the ways that America, which is just so creative, thinks of to eat the hot dog. Sure, it came, it's from Europe, it was known, at least in a basic recipe since the 1600s, but then purely American, what we did with it. So, of course, in New York City, we've got the classic um, hot dog, which is served with New York style, the works, mustard, ketchup, and pickle relish. Uh, of course, we've also got those tomatoey onions that we put in. And there's Chicago style, which has that mustard, those really bright green relish, chopped onions, tomato slices, um, and those, those um, banana peppers. New England has it with baked beans, Texas chili and, grill, uh, and melted cheese. So many ways to serve a hot dog. You actually have a recipe book with a very interesting way to make a hot dog, and you actually made it. It's here on the table. I did. I I was looking up some of the wonderful ways that through the 1900s we played around with hot dogs. They they were really uh, hit a peak of popularity in uh, magazines, ladies' magazines, probably in the 50s. So here what we're looking at is a picture from a really fun book called Regrettable, uh, the Gallery of Regrettable Foods. And it's a casserole where the rice is all held together with um, hot dogs around it. And then I made for you, George, something yummy today that I discovered in Italy, which is probably something that the Italians really took from us. The Americans play around with spaghetti, and they take spaghetti and cut up the hot dog and then pierce it through each piece of spaghetti so that when it's cooked, of course, it's soft. And so you're, it's this wonderful optical illusion of how did that pasta get through that hot dog? It's like a magic trick in the kitchen. Kids love it. Yeah, this is definitely a kid-friendly food, I am sure. The other thing, of course, are kid-friendly and other inventions of hot dogs are the corn dog, wrapped in that wonderful cornmeal and deep-fried pigs in the blanket. Now, of course, now modern days, tofu hot dogs, Chicken hot dogs, uh, chicken franks. Sandra Lee, a wonderful Food Network celebrity, even created a hamburger hot dog, just (laughs) taking the hamburger meat and and rolling it into a kind of a long uh, meat unit that was seasoned so she could serve it in a bun. How do you like your hot dog, Francine? I love it from Criff Dog, a place here in New York City that just does the most whimsical, crazy creations. And one of my favorite ways is to wrap a hot dog in bacon and deep fry it uh, and then serve it with relish, sauerkraut, even uh, coleslaw. Yeah, a lot of people are getting pretty creative with the hot dog these days. 
oh, it's become a gourmet food. It, you can make it to a recipe of your own so that you don't have to just buy them ready-made. And then the toppings are never-ending. Uh, they're very, very creative. I, I think one of the, the weirdest is the um, uh, Philadelphia dog, which is an all-beef hot dog, but then it's served with a fish cake in the bun also and, and some tangy coleslaw on top of that. Now, here in New York City, there's a very, very popular hot dog eating contest, actually run by Nathan's on Coney Island. That has a long history here in New York. The Nathan's hot dog eating contest is fabulous, and it has been absolutely in the same place since 1972 when it became official. It's unofficial start was in the 1920s when a couple of people standing near having a hot dog started debating. Some immigrants were debating who's more patriotic, and they decided the way to prove who was more patriotic would be to see who could eat the most hot dogs. And so since then, it's been associated with Fourth of July, Independence Day in America, and it is a wonderful tradition. It's actually a sport. I guess one can call it a sport, can't they? You train for it. If you interview some of these winners, they really need to train their stomachs, their throats. It's, it's, it's a competition. It's athletic. How much does something like Instagram impact the popularity of a hot dog or the reinvention, if you will, of a hot dog or an item like that, which is so traditional? Well, if you're like me, you're addicted to Instagram. It's my kind of go-to source for quick references from my friends. Uh, I just will discover new places. And so seeing some of the great um, photos of hot dogs, just hashtag hot dog and, and do a little scroll and see what fabulous things come up. Francine Segan is a food historian right here in New York City. As Francine mentioned, before there was Nathan's, there was Feltman's. And now, thanks to a Coney Island historian and tour guide, Feltman's hot dogs are back. Hi, my name is uh, Michael Quinn. I'm the owner of Feltman's of Coney Island and also Feltman's Kitchen right here at 80 St. Mark's Place in the East Village. Now, the name Feltman has a lot of history here in New York City. That's correct. Um, Our founder, Charles Feltman, actually is credited as inventing the hot dog. He invented the hot dog back in 1867, exactly 150 years ago, this summer, at Coney Island, New York. Wait a minute. Feltman, not Nathan's. Well, yep, Feltman came first. Uh, Nathan Handwerker, the founder of Nathan's, actually worked at Feltman's as a, a meager bun slicer back in 1915. And Jimmy Durante and Eddie Cantor, you may have heard of them, they were movie stars Got their start as singing waiters at Feltman's Oceanside Pavilion Restaurant, which at the time was the largest restaurant in the world. And they're the ones who really got Nathan uh, to leave Feltman's. Um, some say that they gave him a $300 loan to go down the block and undercut Feltman's and open up his own place uh, down the block on Surf Avenue in a little alleyway uh, called Schweikert's Walk, which it's, it's still there, expanded over the years. And uh, he served five-cent hot dogs uh, to Feltman's 10-cent hot dogs. So... How did Feltman feel about that? Do you know? Well, I don't know. Feltman was, was gone by then. He actually, Feltman, the Charles Feltman, the one who invented the hot dog, he perished in 1910. And he went back to Germany. He wasn't feeling well. And uh, they brought him back. And he's actually interred in one of my favorite places, as you know, paradoxical as it sounds, Greenwood Cemetery. Uh, if, uh, if you look at Greenwood Cemetery by Fort Hamilton Parkway, directly across from the Burger King, uh, Feltman's mausoleum, where he's, he's uh, laid to rest, it's about the size of this building right here. It's like a mini cathedral filled with Christian imagery, Michael the Archangel with the sword and angels crying. And 
Uh, Feltman died. He was worth a million dollars in 1910. But his sons, Charles Feltman Jr. and um, Alfred Feltman, uh, they carried on the business to 1946. And they're the ones who most likely hired Mr. Handworker at the time. So how did you come to resurrect Feltman Hot Dogs? Well, first of all, I'm a Coney Island historian. I'm the founder of uh, Coney Island Tours. I, probably about a decade ago, I started. I was born in the area, never left New York City or really Brooklyn, to tell you the truth. And um, my grandfather, used to, his favorite place was Feltman's. He used to go there back in the 1930s, even before my father was born. And he would double park and go in and get a beer tray full of uh, Feltman's hot dogs. And, um, and, of course, you know, the whole legacy of, of, of the originator of the hot dog. That, and I think... I wanted people to know the history, being in a story myself. And then, of course, knowing the menu, Feltman's at the time, from the turtle soup to the shore dinners to the clam bakes, I, you know, I said, let, let, let me resurrect the hot dog back to what it once was before it became this kind of uh, cheap, low-grade you know, deli item. Let's bring back the Frankfurt sausage. And that's really what, what Feltman started with, you know, with the Frankfurt sausage. And you're working with that original recipe, am I right? Uh, yeah, well, we're bringing back the Frankfurt sausage spice blend that Feltman's would have used at the time. Um, right now, there's no, really, there's no hot dog companies that use that spice blend. So it is an, uh, an old-world uh, German spice blend uh, that was popular at the time. How did you come to learn about that spice blend to know exactly how to recreate that hot dog? Uh, it's a lot of research. You know, like anything, being an historian, um, I'm just so into detail. I mean, you know, especially Coney Island and, and New York City and Brooklyn history. And um, just, you know, finding out, I, I knew exactly where the hot dogs were produced, um, a place over by the Brooklyn Navy Yard. And, um, you know, basically going back to what the hot dog was before it was mass produced. Going back to square one. You know, hot dogs now are filled with nitrates and chemicals and hydrolyzed corn protein, hydrolyzed wheat protein. You think, well, how much beef is in here? How much pork is in here, how much meat is in here. So basically taking away, stripping it down of all the additives over the past 150 years and going back to what the Frankfurt sausage was at that restaurant during that time. Today we are in your Lower East Side location in Manhattan. Where did you yeah. start, though? I started with pop-ups, to tell you the truth. You know, uh, we, were, we just started to have our own brand, the Feltman's brand, very recently, you know, about, about a year ago. So I started pop-ups and I went to all the hip areas of Brooklyn, like the Sycamore and Ditmas Park, I think is where we started. We had a pop-up on the Lower East Side at, uh, uh, at a few places over there. And, uh, you know, I, I just, from the pop-ups, we just found this space here. This is uh, Theater 80, the William Barnacle Tavern. Uh, Lorcan Otway, who grew up here, he was nine years old. Uh, his father bought it from... Um, a guy by the name of Hoffman who was involved with you know, gang activity back in the 1922 when it opened. Uh, Frank Sinatra was a singing waiter here, and Al Capone used to supply the booze. So Mr. Otway, who grew up here, and is an historian like myself and a native New Yorker, and decided, you know what, we love to have Feltmans in this spot. This was just something that's new, and it's something that has historic value, just like his, his, uh, his tavern here, his old speakeasy and theater and all that stuff. Now, a couple of Feltman's hot dogs have just been placed on the table. These are huge. They are. These are not your dirty water dogs from the street. No, they're not. And, and you know, Feltman was German, and, and I know Germans like to eat, and they like to eat big. And, you know, I mean, you know, the hot dogs today, you got the skinny little dirty water dogs, and they're waterlogged. I said, let's go back to the German Frankfurt sausage. And that, that's part of the original recipe, you know. Uh, it's an entire meal. 
It's not something small. I mean, you could carry it, you know, but as you could see, uh, the, my server came out here and he gave us a knife and a fork, silverware. You don't really see that. And especially with pizza, you, you know. You, That's a big whole debate. Absolutely. So if, if you ever caught, I mean, the last thing you want to do is to be caught eating pizza with a knife and fork, especially if you were born in Brooklyn. So now all of a sudden, you know, this, this hot dog you see with all the toppings and you've got the homemade apple cider vinegar mustard and the grilled sauerkraut and it, it is a meal. It's almost like, you know, a turkey dinner. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. Now, the one that we have here, this is your traditional hot we dog? We call it the original, the original hot dog. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, when I first started with this, I, I do want to be a traditionalist. You know, I want to go back. You know, today, everything's about non- nonsense toppings. You know, oh, let's put something creative hot dog so we get written up in some online magazine we'll put gummy bears on it or something outrageous and i said well why don't we bring it back to what it once was so you could taste the frankfurter so the, the the original is the the apple cider vinegar mustard the onions the sauerkraut and of course you could taste the hot dog now a lot of people in the beginning would say you know oh michael quinn you're such a square you're such a traditionalist why don't you come up with something whatever so as it as a joke kind of it was, it was a complete farce i didn't mean to do it um, Al Capone, actually, as I said, used to frequent the speakeasies, the place of booze. But if you read Al Capone's biography, he was born in Brooklyn, and he used to work at a place called the Harvard Inn on the Bowery in Coney Island. And his biography, he used to get off the, the uh, trolley, and he'd fill his belly up with Feltman's hot dogs before going to work the night shift at the Harvard Inn, where he got the scar on his face. So I said, let's come up with a hot dog called the Al Capone. So we have some friends that own a place, an excellent Italian restaurant in Brooklyn called Michael's, and they have their brand of sauces in every single state in the country. So then we throw some Michael's vodka sauce on this hot dog. I'm going to go around the corner to the East Village cheese shop, and I'm going to grab a, you know, about a, a pound of uh, Parmesan cheese. Let me get a grater and put it See, And then I had some stoner walk in one day. Like, this guy was just totally like, you know, I said, hey, try this. He goes, bro, this is amazing. So the next day he bought two or three of his friends. Okay, we got the whole tavern smells like marijuana. And, um, but then I say, you know what? I think I better put this on the menu. So I guess I'm not a square anymore. So our Al Capone, which is the most expensive, it's an $8 hot dog, it's, you know, uh, has become kind of had somewhat of a cult following, especially with stoners now. So how much is the typical old-fashioned? We just raised it maybe a month ago because people come in here. We were selling before. It's $5 now. But people, you know, especially in Manhattan, like, why am I paying $4? It's, it's like it fills me for the entire day. It's, it's a six-to-one hot dog. So people actually, customers, saying, we want to pay more for this hot dog. So besides the Al Capone, besides the old-fashioned, what else do you have on the menu? Uh, I also have a sausage gravy hot dog. Another thing, I thought, you know what, I hit it big with the Al Capone. I said, I'm rolling here. I said, you know what, you know, it's an Italian, Al Capone, whatever. I said, what about people in the South? People in the South love to eat. Most of this country in the Midwest. I said, you know what's really good? Sausage gravy. Like, you ever go to a place sometimes, and sometimes there are places in, in Manhattan, you go for breakfast, they give you biscuits with soy. And I'm thinking to myself, Wow, this would taste great on a hot dog. Actually, you know what? This would take a, taste amazing on a Feltman's hot dog. So then I say, you know what? Let's, let's stop putting hot, creamy sausage gravy on the hot dog. So it's not our number one seller, but again, it's up there with, with the Al Capone. And the people that love it really, really love it. I mean, you know, I don't know if you ever tasted sausage gravy with biscuits and anything. And so, I mean, once you taste this hot dog, I mean, it's just, it's kind of that, that moment when the chocolate meets the peanut butter. You know, it's just like, it's just like a... a a revelation to some people. Wow. So I think, you know, I, again, and, and, and again, it's me proving that I'm not a total traditionalist. I'm not a total square when it comes to, to the hot dogs, yeah. Have you heard from any of Feltman's descendants? 
Sure. I mean, anyone who walks in here and wants a free hot dog claims to be related to development. But, no, I have some, some relatives, and they, they seem very supportive. And, you know, we may consider along the line um, collaborating with them. In, in the I mean, right now we're very local in the Northeast, but um, there's nothing but positive feedback. You know, I get some relatives who call me and say, you know what, thank you so much. You know, when I was in school, I told my teacher, my classmates, that my great-grandfather invented the hot dog, and they laughed at me. So now it says it in the New York Post and the New York Times. Now, you've brought the Feltman's legacy back, which, which is a good thing, because you never know how people are going to react, you know. But, but that's what I want to do, and I think only an historian could bring back something like this that would know the history and the legacy of, of Charles Feltman. What was that like for you to go from historian, tour guide, to restaurateur? Very exciting, you know, very exciting, because now, you know, I went years just walking around and kind of preaching the gospel of, of New York City history to having a product to sell. And there's nothing, there's one thing about talking and chatting and about, pe- about history, and there's one thing about having an historic item in front of you that you could eat that's delicious, that you could relate the story to. So it's, it's been a very fulfilling, you know, experience for me. All right, let me take a bite. That's a good hot dog. Mm-hmm. That's and a really good hot dog. about this, you can actually taste the beef. Okay, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the same level as a Slim Jim or some or potato chips, you know? Why can't we make the hot dog or the same experience as we going to Smith Lewinsky or Peter Luger Steakhouse, you know? Well, that's what Feltman's, you see, Feltman's was a very extravagant large restaurant, you know? And, and I'm, gonna, I'm not so sure if Feltman would want to in, admit he invented the hot dog, you know? He would probably want to admit that, you know, President Taft was a regular, Diamond Jim Brady. He had America's fam- most famous carousel. He had the largest, most extravagant restaurant in the world. So why not give people the ultimate experience in hot dog making? So that's, what I, that's, that's how I view it. If you had an opportunity to sit down and talk with Mr. Feltman over a hot dog, mm-hmm. what would you want to ask him? Oh, that's, I never really thought of that before, you know. Um, what would I want to ask him? Well, you know, I think um, I'm really interested in, in, in the struggles that he went through. Because I do relate to him. I relate to Nathan Hanorker. I relate to, you know, this is why we started small, this very humble little takeout counter. So Nathan Hanorker, he didn't just automatically open Nathan's. He didn't have the Nathan's name until the 20s. He had a little five-foot stand with the same size as mine before he expanded. Out of fear that Feltman's was going to take over the corner. Uh, Feltman started with, with a pie cart, which, which eventually was converted to the first Frankfurter cart. So I would be more interested in not talking about the hot dogs or just kind of the struggles of, that he met in order to find success and relate to that. That's something that I'd be interested in if I ever sat down, you know, if we had a time machine and <laughs> was able to, to sit down with Mr. Feltman. As far as you know, was Feltman way back when serving his hot dogs on a bun? Yes, he was. That, that's what he invented, technically. He was a, Feltman was a baker. So he wasn't a butcher. People think, I mean, it, I had to correct the, um, the National Hot Dog Council because for years they would put butcher Charles Feltman. I said, Charles Feltman was not a butcher. He was a baker. And it's actually his bakery, the building's still there on 10th and 6th in Park Slope, Brooklyn. It's, it's a laundromat. So that's where he started selling his baked goods from his pie cart along the sand dunes of Coney Island in eight, right after the Civil War, which Coney Island at the time was... was quickly becoming America's premier resort town. So Feltman immediately started bringing his baked goods, his pies, his breads down there to the saloons because he knew there'd be business. He could sell them down there. And then, but people didn't want apple pie stuff because you need sticky, you need a knife and fork. So Feltman sat down. He said, what do I know? Okay, I'm from Germany, Frankfurt, Germany, the Frankfurt sausage. 
So he goes to this guy Donovan on Howard Avenue in East New York, and he goes, he, Donovan he was able to convert his pie cart, put a grill on top, charcoal underneath, a draw to keep his buns fresh. The hot dog cart was born. That summer of 1867, he almost sold nearly 4,000 of what he called Coney Island Red Hots. Now, other people ensure the ingredients use the slang term hot dogs. So Feltman didn't stop there. He said, you know, I'm going to build the largest, most extravagant restaurant that anyone in the world has ever seen. And that was probably his proudest moment. I mean, historic, you know, when I think of it, uh, I, you know, I think for him to admit that he invented the hot dog would have been as kind of appealing as saying someone, you know, hey, I invented the latex condom. You know, he would rather say that, you know, he, I, I think and back then it wasn't about profit margin money. It was more about, hey, I have the largest restaurant in the world. It was more a pride in what you had, but it didn't have to do with money. It had, to, like, today. So I think for, for, if I was Feltman, and that's what I, I imagine, more exciting having that restaurant, you know, than saying, hey, I came up with an idea of putting a sausage on a bun. You know? It was, it was a, a way of a means to get to that point. I'm going to finish my thank original so hot dog. Michael, thank cold. you so much. Thank you so much for the interview. Michael Quinn is a Coney Island historian and tour guide turned restaurateur. He's the owner of Feltman's of Coney Island. More info at feltmansofconeyisland.com. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. My thanks to producer Caroline Rotante. I'm George Boldarki. Thanks so much for listening. It's WFUV and WFUV HD New York. Listener-supported public media from Fordham, the Jesuit University of New York. Music discovery starts here.